We will proceed no further in this business. Was the hope drunk wherein you dressed yourself? Hath it slept since? And wakes it now to look so green and pale, at it what it did so freely? Privy peace, I dare do all that may become a man. Who dares do more is none. What beast was it then that made you break this enterprise to me? When you does do it, then you are a man. If we should fail. Fail? But screw your courage to the sticking place and will not fail. Welcome to the Scottish Film, a podcast that is not about Scottish films. I'm Paul Salt. And I'm Katie Maiden. We have arrived at our very first Royal Shakespeare Company staging. This is the 1979 videotaped, according to Wikipedia, production of Macbeth. With the amazing Ian McKellen and Judy Dench. We will proceed no further in this business. Was a hope drunk wherein you dressed yourself? Have it slept since? And wakes it now to look so green and pale at what it did so freely. Privy peace. I dare do all that may become a man. Who dares do more is none. What beast was then that made you break this enterprise to me? When you durst do it, then you were a man. If we should fail. We should fail. But screw your courage to the sticking place, and we'll not fail. Absolutely, and directed by legendary theatre director Trevor Nunn. Uh, Nunn has been the artistic director at the Royal Shakespeare Company, the Royal National Theatre, and currently the Theatre Royal in Haymarket. And when I read that, oh. I thought to myself, Haymarket, is that in Hackney? Because I've been in lockdown for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, I think I was mixing it up with, there's an H in Hackney, there's a big H. Big H, and a Y. Oh, it's ha- so, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, so it's Hackney, that was it. Very confusing. Yeah, you're mixing Hackney up with Hackney. <laughs> Nunn directed the original productions of Cats, Starlight Express, and Les Miserables. Wow, I didn't know that. I, I do recognise his name, though. Yeah, he's also yeah. done some Shakespeare. Did He did some Shakespeare. He did. He's done a Shakespeare this time, because <laughs> this production was performed at the Other Place Theatre in Stratford-upon-Avon, and yeah, it's got Gandalf and M in it. <laughs> <laughs> and some other people as well that I recognise. Yes, we'll come to some of them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, his hour upon the stage. How how did we find this just as, like, uh, experience, as a TV show, I guess? Um, well, okay, so this is... It is the simplest version of yeah. Earth I have ever seen. There is no set. No set. It's an oval set, an oval stage with darkness in the background and lighting. Yeah, and, and no no set and no props. Very few um, props. Well, very few props. There's a couple yeah. of swords yeah. and dagger and stuff. Um, you can't really do Macbeth without a dagger. <laughs> um, so I really like the opening where they're all sitting in a, in a yes. circle. Everybody the comes stage. in. Everybody comes mm. in and takes a seat. And then we move the camera around everyone. Not with names, we just move it around and see everyone before we start. Yeah, so you can kind of get mm. an idea of... You, you don't know who's who, but I guess you kind mm. of do in a way because there are bits of costume. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, for example... What's with all the polo shirts? Yes, that was something I couldn't get. It's like a lot of the costumes, there's jackets and there's sweaters and stuff like that. But we're still fighting with swords and there's still armor. Yeah, so I kind of, I was wondering at the beginning whether or not it was like a modern version. Because we had these polo shirts with like blazer jackets. And also Macbeth 
and um, Banquo both had like leather jackets. Yeah. But then we also had like armor and swords. So, Very odd. I mean, and I... also Duncan's mm. outfit. Yeah. Was absolutely fantastic. It was the best mm. costume there. It was like this really amazing golden white yeah. like, regal thing with a crown. Almost papal. Really. Yeah, it was very exactly. religious. Exactly, it definitely yeah. was. Um, mm. And but then other people just had like regular clothes on. Also, yeah. I have to point out, um, Lady Macbeth's um, costume mm. was literally just a black dress. <laughs> yeah, with, like, like a black um, kind of babushka scarf yes. on her head. Does she wear? So she, you can yeah. see her hair. And then when she became the queen, they just popped a crown on top of the babushka head scarf. <laughs> Very so, minimal, but made to look yeah. as if there's no costume changes as such. So it's made no. to look as if this was an actual staging that was being performed to a crowd. Yeah. Um, and in terms of modernization, Ian McKellen has form here because immediately I thought of him as Richard III in the film of that in the 90s, um, which had a young Robert Downey Jr. in it, actually. Um, and that was set in like fascist Europe. Really? Yeah. yeah I haven't so- seen that one. Oh, it's really good. But yeah, that it oh, made me think it of that. It made me think of that. So I wondered if we were, you know sort of either up to date or maybe like Kenneth Branagh's, you know, yeah, it slightly was a bit later Kenneth Branagh, Hamlet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I really liked uh, Duncan in this. He mm-hmm. was like pious and that's yes. kind of how I imagine him. Like you said, like it's a kind of almost papal yeah. outfit Um, very like religious, you know, all the movements he did yeah. and the way that he looked, he had that kind of long hair, long beard, white, white hair, white beard thing yeah. going on. And so that's kind of how I imagined Duncan. Yeah, that was a good Duncan. I liked um, I liked the dramatic lighting of the whole thing. I think that was really effective, and that helped picked up on the holiness of that of that guy because he was often sort of lit directly from above. Um, yeah. But there were other dramatic moments, like when Macbeth is recruiting the murderers. There's like a spotlight just on his face, and it's a really intense moment. So even though, and it's weird, even though there's no setting or dressing or anything like that, I could have, you know, I could swear that we do actually see like these two characters in a courtyard or we see these characters in a bedroom because it's so effectively invoked. And maybe it's just because we've seen this, you know, <laughs> this is like the we've seventh. We've seen this so many we've times. We've seen this so many times that I'm just like remembering all the other t- um, sets that we've seen this done in. Yeah, I do wonder, I'm trying to think of this. I was thinking about this earlier, actually. Mm. I'm trying to watch everyone like this is the first time I've ever seen Macbeth. Yeah. And trying to watch it from that point of view. And I don't think, that we would know some of the settings for this. I think that no. some of them are more obvious, like, yeah. you know, the kind of witchy scenes mm. or the kind of more intimate bedroom scenes. Yeah. But for example, like the porter scene, would we you really might... know that was like, or like just some of the general courtyard scenes? Yeah. It does a fairly decent job of implying geography of character. Who's yeah. Meant to we be don't and really sort of need to know that's in like mm. the courtyard. Yeah. We don't need to know that that's in like a specific place, like some of the more bedroom scenes or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because it's about the conversation. It is. It's about what's happening in those settings as long as we know who can hear whom. You know, I was very impressed with the sequence where um, Macbeth is soliloquying about the his recent encounter with the witches. And we have, of course, Banquo. And um, uh, is it just a messenger who comes and tells him that the Fane of um Fane of is dead? Well, he... You know, Cordo, sorry. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm going to try and get more, like, really good at this because I keep fucking it up and I'm sure I've misspoke, but he's already Glams. Yes. And he gets Cordor. Yes. And there's a f- uh, third title that eludes me at the moment. <laughs> the King. 
King of king. Scotland. No, yes, and what's Dunsinane? <laughs> Dunsinane is the castle from which you king. Dunsinane, yeah, is okay. the castle. Is like the castle area. Okay. And then there's the woods. Boreham. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Boreham Wood. <laughs> Boreham Wood is 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 a wood in in, in London. In London. God, I'm so, I suck at this. What's the name How of the wood? How many times have we seen this so far? What is the name of the wood? It's um. Burnham. Burnham Wood. Burnham Wood. It is quite close to Boreham Wood. It's fairly close. (laughs) Not geography wise, (laughs) words wise. It's a country away. But yeah, and um, so a few more actors playing parts. Lord John Marbury himself from the West Wing. That's it. Oh my God. That's it. I was looking at him for the whole freaking play being like, who are you? Oh my God. It's not. It is Roger Reese, Lord John Marbury. Um, playing a very squeamish and besweated Malcolm. Yes, yeah. He's yeah. um early on. There's a he's bit so where he's like, well. "You need to go kill Cordor," and Malcolm just sort of turns away, like, "Oh, I don't want to do that." And um, whoever's, with, I think it's Ross is with him. Says, "I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> don't you worry yourself. I'll, I'll take care of that." Don't you worry, Lord John Marbury. <laughs> yeah. You go off and go to some sort of party. You go off and be in the West Wing. <laughs> yeah forever now um john woodvine is banquo and he's a fairly stern and no nonsense banquo yeah um kind of older banquo as well yep older banquo um some viewers might know him as the doctor from an american werewolf in london um and he's got that fatherly kind of air if you can look into the seeds of time and say which grain will grow and which will not speak then to me who neither beg nor fear your favors nor your hate it's weird because he's an older banquo but with a younger son that's true. Yes, so I did notice that. So we had a couple that. of Banquos who are like a little bit younger but have an older son. And yeah. this one is like an older Banquo with a younger son. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's like that fatherly kind of thing that he's got going on. Yeah. I haven't been keeping track of our Fleances. Because I forget what he does in the... Because um... obviously he flees the murder. Does he usually come back? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> God, that's a bit weird, isn't it? I, I think... guess he just flees so that he can one day be king and fulfill the prophecy. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Um... That it also it leaves a bit of like tension there mm. if he's fleeing because yeah, it could another be loose that end. he will become yeah another loose end yeah kind of thing. But I guess you could always like fling him in at the end when Malcolm like is crowned. I'm <laughs> back, know. everyone. Yeah. Um, but in terms of stern, look no further than Bob Peck as Macduff. Um, oh yes. Now yes. some people might Madoff know Bob is Peck. Scary in this. He is. He's a frightening man. He's like a military yeah. man. He's a. Uh, he's a. A proper stern man and yeah well i will feather well may you see things well done there and you lest our old robes sit easier than our new but some people might know uh, bob peck from edge of darkness the really excellent 80s miniseries uh, made by british television i can't remember if it was bbc or itv but nevertheless um or they might better know him as my favorite character from jurassic park the gamekeeper muldoon what that is niche i know but it's i love it because <laughs> he's the best character because he's a gameskeeper who hates all of the dinosaurs like literally his first line is they should have all been destroyed from the start it's like why do you work here why do you work this is literally <laughs> this is the zoo. only thing you have to do this like, is like a zoo and it's you like hate someone so working much. at london zoo and hating animals <laughs> just goes with a shotgun every time there's a power outage <laughs> right, I'll go. I'll start killing them all. We can't even get out. We're gonna start with the penguins. Fuck those guys. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Those chumps. Maybe they're better than them. me. <laughs> Should love me. I shall be the king of the penguin. 
Penguin so, Patch. So, uh, mm. one thing that I didn't like about this <gasps> was, okay, because, and this is a, maybe a personal problem, uh-uh. or problem with the fact that it we are now, we now know Ian McKellen and Julie Dunch so well, mm. that I found the scenes where they were like intimate, Ooh. like the kissing scenes and stuff, really weird. Because it's kind of like watching your parents kiss. A little bit, but I, I quite like the... We'll, I don't we'll like get, it at all. <laughs> we'll get more to this with um, when we talk about the various performances, but I like the intimacy of, of, with which Judy Dench approaches Macbeth. You know, she, she gets all in there. It creeped me out. I was like, because <laughs> I've heard Ian McKellen talk about his friendship with Judy Dench. Yeah. And how close they are. <laughs> and obviously the fact that he is in real life gay. Yeah. And I found it a bit weird. I was yeah. like... <laughs> not that you always have to play your you know sure. acting your, you know whether you're yeah. straight or whatever Preference, it doesn't matter yeah. but i found it a bit weird like <laughs> yeah like what your parents kiss i was like oh it's a bit strange <laughs> i found it saucy just like my parents <laughs> <laughs> um a good uh, okay one uh, two more notes i have on the film before we move on to how close it is to shakespeare a good duel i thought at the end some good stage fighting but macbeth's death came about quite quickly uh, Macbeth's death wasn't even on the like. Yeah, we wasn't just cut even away. Shown. And now we're at Ross, and he's like, Why "Attention, everyone!" Hurt? And it's like, "Get out of the jewel, Ross! You're in the way. You're gonna get hurt." <laughs> but no, apparently it's over. <laughs> like I was like really confused. He was just gone. Yeah, very strange. Um, but I guess that if they're sticking like to the script, maybe that's. Yeah, I think they fight off stage, and then he comes back with his head. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Um, some good music, especially the coronation song. place oh, when he's uh, crowned i really I wrote, like that i made a note of that because mm. that chamber music yeah was amazing <laughs> there's um, some I good have choral a, chanting as well i have another mm. note on music um, is it about the witches yeah it is yeah. we could talk about that in the witches <laughs> we'll come to the witches okay <laughs> all right well fair is foul and foul is fair how close are we to shakespeare um we are pretty much line for line fairly faithful but we are working with a smaller cast so people have to keep taking on and they keep merging roles merging roles and also a Mm. couple of things that i noticed that Ah. i was like that's not right for example (laughs) did you hear the ten thousand dollars line i heard the ten thousand dollars line which weirdly is in shakespeare what (laughs) i know it's very odd did you check because yeah i was like i checked when it was in um uh, the tragedy of macbeth last week that line was in there and oh. I was like, what? Hang on, give me one second sure. while I open this. Is that Because I think there's a copy of Macbeth in there. Oh my God. Because uh, my copies of my parents' house. Oh, okay. My ah, copies yes. in the wash. Hello. Oh, neat. Okay, it's um, act one, scene two, I think. I hope is, you're um, leaving this in. I'm going to start yeah. knowing where the various scenes are. This is quite exciting. Act one, scene one is the witches. Because I wanted to do what you did where kind of, ah, here we go. Ah, here we Ten go. Ten thousand dollar dudes. Yeah, till he disturbed at at Saint Colm's Inch. Ten thousand dollars to our general use. He was so chuffed about it in this one. He was like, ten thousand dollars for our Ten-thousand general use. Dollars. But then Duncan was like, <laughs> "We're not taking it." Like, yeah, we're from... not taking that money. You've got to kill that dude. 
That guy sucks. You've got to kill him. I am coming to the conclusion that I really hate Act 4, Scene 3. <laughs> oh my god, is that the um, is that the Malcolm and McGuff yes. scene? Oh my god, I I'm hate so it so bored. much. It's oh my- 10 minutes <laughs> long in this exactly version, and it's what nothing. I wrote down. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was like, it kills what it is dead. this scene? So- like, I was trying to watch it, trying to, mm. in my head, make it like homoerotic, because it's the only way <laughs> that I could get through it, but I couldn't even, I was like... Come uh, on, Ross, get in the scene. I know, I'm Ross, so please bored. come and be funny. It's just, <laughs> and have a hilarious poker face. It's the so worst, bored. because what happens is, so far as I can tell, Malcolm starts going on about what a bad king he would be. Yeah. Macduff is like, oh, you wouldn't be that bad. And he's like, no, I suck, really. I'm just the worst. And finally, Macduff is like, oh, God, you would suck. What? Oh, maybe I should just <laughs> kill you. Maybe I should just kill you right now. And Malcolm's like, that was the test. You're all right, Macduff. <laughs> I think Shakespeare should have written it like that. And it wouldn't be 10 minutes long. Yeah, exactly. It's so long and it's just unbearable. And then, yeah, luckily Ross comes in and I have a lot to say about Ross this time. Oh, do you? But asides and soliloquies are directed directly at us, right down yeah, the I lens. Yeah, I, I like that. She was Me a too. nice change from... We haven't really had that yet. So we've no. had a kind of... It's weird. Mid-distance. We, yeah, mid-distance. But these ones are directly into the camera. Yeah. I guess they're doing that because as it was a stage show, it would have been directly to the audience. Yeah. So they're doing yeah. it directly to the camera. So you get a lot of Ian McKellen and Judy Dench especially yeah. looking directly into the camera, <laughs> which is quite off-putting, but in a kind of theatrical Ooh, way. I like it. I found yeah. it. I like um, Ian McKellen staring deeply and meaningfully into my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eyes. he did touch me once. So. Oh my god, he touched he touched me inside. Not like that. <laughs> um, okay, implied dagger. And the more I see implied daggers, the more dumb I think it was for um, the tragedy of Macbeth to show the dagger. Oh my god, yeah, I was so happy that they just implied <laughs> the dagger. He kind of just put his hands out and he's like, "Is this yeah. a dagger?" And we were like, "Yeah, sure, of course it is." It could be. Why not? It could and be. It, in particular. It never struck me before that it's quite dumb, the interpretation of the line, you know, oh, the dagger points me where I should go. That means, basically what he means by that is, oh, seeing this dagger really suggests to me what it is that I should be doing now. Not it's literally pointing the way to Duncan's bedchamber, because I know where that is. It's my castle. <laughs> this, it's not just Duncan's bedchamber, it's Macbeth's literal bedroom. Yeah, it's my so bedroom, I know where, where it is. is. It doesn't need to point towards Duncan. <laughs> Like some sort yeah. of fucking immoral GPS system. <laughs> that was really dumb. An it's objective like, it doesn't marker. doesn't need to go there. No, I liked... <laughs> well, and also, this this particular version had basically no props. So yeah. it would have been really, really weird for them to have <laughs> an imaginary dagger. On a dagger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely worked. Uh, um, okay, some of our regular segments. Extra ghosts, none. But that ritual was spooky. Yes. Not even a Banquo ghost, actually. No, no Banquo ghosts. He mm. just did a, like, looking into the distance thing. Yep. And they didn't have any, like, extra ghosts, but they did have a creepy baby. They had a weird voodoo totem thing. Yeah, like a weird like a... stick with a doll's head kind of stuck onto it. It was... it was weird. It was like a doll, like, covered in blood. And yeah. then at one point it gained a crown. Yeah, and it's given to Macbeth and he has it with him until, like, the end. <laughs> it's just really like, sinister. what is this creepy? Yeah, it was <laughs> It's a it was souvenir creepy. to remember your time in Witch Hole. But I liked it because yes. it was creepy. Definitely. Very creepy. And I liked the ritual they put him through. They take his shirt off. They start painting his body with black stuff and they bind his eyes for his yeah. final vision. And they get him shirtless. They... Yep. 
Um, oh, we didn't mention in the first segment, um, there are a couple of Scottish accents. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, we have a few. <laughs> One yeah. of which we're rapidly approaching. But first, <laughs> Ross's poker face. Um, <laughs> he lies very boldly. How does my wife? Why, well. And all my children. Well, too. The tyrant has not battered at their peace. No, they were well at peace. When I did leave them. <laughs> he just just says it really fast. Yeah. So he's like, Madoff's like, how are my family? He's like, yeah, they're fine. <laughs> really good, actually. Um, and he puts a bit of extra stank on that third line, which mm. I'd not heard before. They were well at peace when I left them. Yeah, and they're kind of like... They were well at peace, like thinking about it in this mm. misty way, like yeah, yeah. When he left them, you know, they would, they were well, dead. So. Well, no, it's a different meaning because previously that's how I've read it. You know, they were well at peace when I left, but now it's they were well at peace when I left them. But stuff has happened since then. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, they're doing like an I shot the sheriff. Thing. Because he does leave before they get killed in most versions. Yeah, he does, so, and I'm always mm. really confused about how he knows. I think this time I didn't quite get it, but the next line after they were well at peace when I left, uh, um, later on he says that I've heard much news or something like that. Um, yeah. There's something in there about how um, I've had much news, you know, implying that maybe he picked up a message when he got to the next I'm town sure he did. He knows everything, Ross. He's like he does. the all seeing oracle. <laughs> Unless he made it happen. Oh my God. I tried to. <gasps> oh my God. Um, but we need, we've, it's time to talk about Ross because it's time to acknowledge that Ross is being played by Ian McDermott, known all the world around as the Emperor from Star Wars. Oh my god, shut <laughs> up. Yeah. Obviously I didn't know that because how uh, would you? I just love his face. He's got a hell of a face and delightfully he's not just playing Ross, he plays the porter. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, it's His hair quite a, is so different. It's a transformation. And yeah. this is one of the more extraordinary performances of the porter that we've seen. No, no, no. Who's there? In the name of Beelzebub. He is a farmer that hanged himself <laughs> on the expectation of plenty. Oh, come in. Time server. It have napkins enough about you. Here you'll sweat for it. The porter was all over the shop. He was um, <laughs> he was like naughty in this one. He was very naughty. He was and naughty. He, he had unlimited power because it was a huge performance and he's like winking at the camera and Yeah, he winked like, at the camera. This was Shakespeare's comedy. This is how he liked it. He this was is as cheeky. he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> he and also he had a Scottish accent. Yes. Yes. Very Scottish accent. One of few. As usual, a couple of unusual lines stood out, stood out to me. Um, when Banquo... I, I can't remember if it's before or after the witches. I think it's after. And he's like, have we eaten the insane root? Just, in, in other words, are we high right now? Oh. Are we? Nice. We are, we, are we high? <laughs> you tell me if we were high, right? I did. <laughs> um, oh, I like the messenger. A messenger comes first, then Macbeth. And then later on, the royal company arrive. And I can't remember if it's Duncan or one of his entourage who says, um, boy, Macbeth sure was in a hurry to get home. <laughs> we, we, we were pretty close behind him, but that guy, wow. He really uh, wanted to get here before us for some reason. One of the things that I, um, I no- really noticed in this one was that um, when like he, um, Macbeth gets the Thane of Cawdor, mm. 
and he comes back, everyone's like, Macbeth, Macbeth, yeah, oh, they Macbeth. love him. They love him. They're just like, he's the oh, best. Macbeth, he's so good. <laughs> and it's just like, what are these people on? Like, <laughs> they take... love this dude. Don't forget, he just won this war for him. For them, yeah, I know, but still, like, yeah. <laughs> get get a room with Macbeth. <laughs> they will. They but wanted not before to, Judy yeah. Tench. Um, okay, one other bit is after Macduff has been told that his whole family's dead. Uh, it's in the script, but this time I really just... He just wasn't going to let it go. You did say all. Oh, well, all? All? All of them, not one? All what about the little one? <laughs> oh, <laughs> cross one? eyes. <laughs> I could work with one. Yeah, and then Ross is like, yeah, I told you. Yeah, he does say that. He, he does was say like, that. He's like, I, I just say. told you <laughs> yeah. all of them. I did say. My wife killed too. I have said. Um, Tramlock, the consequences. Did we see the murder? Nope. Nope, we didn't. We did see the murder of Banquo, and it was quite good this time. It wasn't silly as it often is. It was he quite had, like, disturbing. Blood all over his face and stuff. Yeah. Obviously, stage blood, but yeah. Yeah, and just the way they sort of had him on the ground and were just like, <laughs> it was quite, yeah, dramatic. But what bloody man is that? Macbeth. Ian oh. McKellen. How did we find him? I mean, obviously, he's Ian McKellen. Yeah. So we found him fantastic. That voice. Life but a walking shadow a poor player that struts and frets his hour up on the stage and then is heard no more it is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying Nothing. There are some reasons why we found him fantastic. Uh, um, he's at the beginning. He's like yeah. amazing at being likable. Yes. Like his transformation from being likable to being like the Macbeth that we associate with the word Macbeth. Yeah. Is is really great because at the beginning he's smiling and there everyone's like Macbeth, Macbeth, and he's like <laughs> bowing to Duncan and he's very like likable yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, he's just this this war hero. Yeah. And then he has his first soliloquy and you can see like in his head it going round in his head. Yeah. You know, they're kind of like, hang on a second, I'm a good guy, but then again, but then again, but then again. <laughs> and it kind of every time he does a soliloquy, there's more, but then again, yeah. but then again. And uh, yeah, it's like he's using his soliloquies to build on his inner turmoil. Yeah, absolutely. But when necessary, he is not afraid to sort of go all in. And in particular, the scene where he sees the ghost is just huge. He's drooling, he's spitting, he's just, he's, he's a complete mess he is when he sees Banquo's ghost. He is so sweaty. Yeah. How do you make yourself sweat like that? <laughs> I was like, he is dripping. Yeah, it was it was really something, and mm. he has this contained rage within him. Whenever he reflects upon the the prophecies, he's yeah, it was very good. And I think McKellen understands the camera a lot better than Maurice Evans did. I think Maurice Evans kind of just did his theatre performance, and the camera can just pick it up. Kellen, McKellen, I think, is using the camera. You know, he's playing towards it, and he knows what parts of him are on show. I've seen an interview footage of him, actually, where he talks about one of the things that stage actors always do wrong is they don't know what to do with their hands. Because when you're in a film, you know, chances are your feet and your hands aren't going to get picked up. But when you're on stage, the audience can see all of you all the time. 
So I feel like he has more of a command and understanding of what parts of himself are sort of important to be just using at any given time. Yeah, I mean, I've seen his one-man show. Mm. And in that first section of the one-man show, he he talks about, you know, acting and and his progression to acting. Uh. And by 1979, he's been doing acting for a long time, mostly on the stage. Yeah. And a lot of Shakespeare. So yeah. he, yeah, like you're, you're right. He knows mm. exactly that he knows where the light's going to hit him. Mm. He knows where the audience are. He knows yeah. to turn his back very slightly on the rest of the people when he's doing a soliloquy. So yep. they're still in the shot, but it's clearly he's not in the in the shot yeah. of, with them. And it's he's just not like, present. Yeah. He's, just a th- he's just such an amazing theatre actor. He is. He really understands the craft. And... As does the serpent under it, let's talk about Lady Macbeth, Judy Dench. Yes, again, an amazing mm. theatre actor. What need we fear? Who knows it? When none can call our power to a court. Yet who would have thought the old man to have had so much blood in him? Like I said, she's very simply dressed, uh-huh. all in black. You don't see yep. her hair. She's not wearing any kind of like makeup or anything. She's mm. a totally different Lady Macbeth to what we've seen so far. Yeah. Because she's not using her sexuality at all. A little bit of intimacy. And there's a bit just after he says, you know what? We're not going to do it. Where she immediately like withdraws affection from him. Yeah. Like she goes to hug him, but she's like, nah. You it's know, more like, it. not it's... sexuality though. It's more mm. like you say intimacy. It's more yeah. like, yeah, she, they're like a couple that have been together for a really long time. Yeah. And she knows how to like, manipulate him and she is yeah. more the manipulative lady yeah Macbeth. very forceful yeah she's very forceful there's no fucking around with her she's very <laughs> like this is what is going to happen yeah. and, and you're going to do that i'm telling you we're doing this and yet traces of the unhinged even early on there's a bit where she's on her own just before just whilst the murder's happening where she sort of catches herself unaware and kind of laughs in a sort of unhinged kind of way the death and nature do contend about them whether they live Die. <laughs> just sort of sniggers to herself and that's kind of fun and it, it's fun to see the slight cracks in the facade early on yeah because again it really does help i still feel like we are robbed of her in the last half of this play because essentially as soon as macbeth decides to go see the witches again that's her last scene essentially she's got the sleepwalking scene but you know she's not herself yeah. and the sleepwalking scene this she wasn't actually walking was she Mm. She was, oh no yeah yeah kind she was stationary. just like sitting um yeah. and i yeah i feel i mean this isn't a problem with this production this is a problem with beth mm. in general yeah that again it was too fast the yeah. transition from it's like she just disappears yeah and but again that's not anything to do no. with judy dench um so the bit about her final scene uh-huh. Her scream. Yes, her metal is scream. Crazy long. <laughs> how does she how does she project for that long amount of time? She 
she is a heavy metal vocalist. This I was... is something we need to appreciate about. <laughs> I was like, what? When is this scream going to finish? I was so impressed. Like, yeah, yeah she was, was amazing. But mm. there were, I don't know, there's something like about the fact, I think it was probably a problem with the costume. Okay. Is that I wanted a bit more like maybe sexuality or something. Hmm. But again, it's nothing to do with Judy Dench. That's just what I've right. been used to. So if I yeah. was seeing Macbeth for the first time, I'm sure she would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And yet you still felt strange when they had when they got it on. Yeah, I mean I would have been absolutely fine if they just hadn't had that that kissing scene. I was just I a bit like Loved it. I was all over that. Um <laughs> Weirdest sister. Let's talk about how spooky those witches are. I'd say fairly spooky. Fairly spooky. I mean, it's, there's only so much spook you can do on stage, right? Well, I mean, lighting is a big part of it. And they use yeah. cool blue, sinister lighting, very pale makeup. And they got the creepy baby totem. And um, they sing a song as well. Oh, yes. It's so good. <laughs> it's very interesting it's got um i don't know enough music terminology here but they've got like a counter thing going on at the same time so it's not just all of them singing maybe well, it's it's one of them singing something different oh <laughs> i, know I see ter- what you mean yeah, yeah like a counter rhythm i don't know anyway it's interesting it's um yeah it's like an acapella kind of yeah tune where they're like double double i can't yeah they're yeah. using the words of shakespeare in this like song. yes as a sort of song it's really cool um yeah i really like that and it was spooky also the way that ian mckellen reacted to them made them yeah. more spooky because every time they had like candles and every time they brought the candles close to him he like winced mm. and i thought that that made them even spookier because it yeah. made it feel like there was some magic there yeah absolutely mm. neat all right okay he needs not our mistrust now third murder was confusing he was there we had a third murderer yeah we had a third murderer murderer. now when he shows up i make a note of who he is he's the guy with the frilly collar he's got Mm -hmm. a shiny sparkly collar tall guy yeah and i think okay i'll keep an eye out for him now later on he shows up and he delivers lines that are lennox lennox's lines and i'm like oh is lennox the murderer because lennox is weird lennox is just a noble lord he shows up with uh mcduff um to wake up the king the next morning and finds you know mcduff then finds the body so Lennox just makes small talk with, um, is it the other way around? Lennox, Lennox doesn't find the body, does he? It's Macduff. Macduff finds the body. Yeah, Macduff finds the body. 100%. And incidentally played it a lot better this week than last week. He, um, last week was too much. He, yeah, it was way too much. Here he's a much more <laughs> subdued kind of, oh, horror. 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 <laughs> oh, the horror. Um, so Lennox is there then, and then he remains loyal to Macbeth, but then spreads some shit about him after the crazy dinner. But then doesn't leave him and is the one who tells him that Macduff has fled to Scotland and then abandons him once the army arrives. So Lennox is interesting. I could have believed him as like a weird opportunist, kind of like Ross last kinda week. Kind of like the Ross last week. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say the Ross last week. Um, yeah, I don't know whether it was supposed to be Lennox or whether no. it was the same actor playing an extra part. Because yeah, I think they, they did Satan. that a couple of times. So. I think it's Satan again, because I went back and looked, and it's a different guy playing Lennox in that scene where they arrive at the castle. So I think they just took Lennox's lines and gave them to Satan, yeah. um, who is pronounced Satan this week. So I guess Satan, Satan, depends on the actor. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it's meant to be Satan again, essentially. And it's it makes sense. It makes sense to make it him. Interestingly, it's Third Murderer who actually does the reporting of the murders this Yes, time. I noticed that. Yeah. 
Interesting. Hmm. So yeah, still interesting to see the sort of what they do with Third Murderer. Um, one last thing I'll say about it is that it has a really haunting final image. What was it? <laughs> um, the final image is the cr- for some reason Malcolm hasn't taken the crown. The crown oh, is still yes. with Ross, mm. and Ross goes to hand the crown to um, Macduff. But Macduff is holding the two bloody swords in exactly the same way that uh, Macbeth was holding the daggers earlier on. And so our final image is of Ross's hands holding the crown and Macduff's hands holding the bloody swords. And that's just really a strange juxtaposition and an Mm. awkward moment there that was kind of... Yeah, there's no crowning of Malcolm. Yeah. Um, We also didn't get a forest. No, no, we didn't, did we? No, and oh, we didn't no, no, no. get Lady oh, Macbeth. We we got a report though. We yeah, did we got get a, a report. report. There's a line yeah. which is like, "Hey, I saw the forest coming." <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, and it's actually <laughs> it's Third Murder again who says that. It's um Satan again who says that rather than just a messenger. Yeah, I don't know how to yeah. tell you this, but the forest is literally coming <laughs> to Dunsinane. I know um, this was the one thing you didn't want to happen, and we were, we all laughed when you told us. Yeah, we all had a good laugh. How we about laughed. It. How we laughed. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, we didn't get. We didn't get actual forest, which it's hard yeah. to do on a stage, I guess. It looks, but I, I can't imagine a way of doing that and not having it silly. I'm sure we're going to see it. There's got to so. be a stage version <laughs> where they get, like, I don't know, like B&Q pot plants or something. <laughs> or maybe the most recent one, there'll be some cool Danny Boyle-esque stagecraft where the forests like appear and are made of metal or something. I think the, the main thing about this is it's a very strict, stripped-back version. Yeah. And because of the way that the costume and set are done, it's very timeless. So it could be modern yeah. and it could be not modern. Yeah. So it's not one that I would particularly say as your first Macbeth. It's a good second one, I think. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you should show this to, like, kids. No. As and their I'm first still, Macbeth. Still not sure where to go in that one. Maybe Orson Welles as the no, first I think, one. Well, but... Yeah, or maybe that 1971 Oh the, oh, the one with Michael Jaston. Mm. Yeah, that was really good, the miniseries. Um, I did quite like that. I just or, think um, that this is it's a mm. stage production, and I think yeah. I would have absolutely loved this as a stage yeah. production. Oh, yeah. But that would have been amazing I'm not sure if this works as a TV, as, as a movie. I, well, just, it's not. It's, it's a, tel- a videotape play. <laughs> yeah, it's a videotape play at yeah. the end of the day, and it, it works as such and as much as you can really imagine yourself as part of that crowd and that yeah. audience. Yeah, I mean, I would I would have loved to have seen this as a play soon. Yeah, and I'm glad it's immortalised here in this in this way. Yeah. Okay. Right. How about Katie's Shakespeare fact? My Shakespeare fact is not only a Shakespeare fact, but it's oh. also an Ian McKellen fact. Ah. Ian McKellen has played King Lear <gasps> over 400 times. Whoa. Jesus Christ. Do you know what? I was just thinking earlier about the lifespan of a Shakespearean actor. Because yeah. in the early days, he can be Romeo. Um, then as you oh, get Hamlet. a little older. Or, Ham- or Hamlet. Yep, Hamlet's young. And then as you get older, you've got to be like Macbeth. And then as you get older, you're going to be moving into your King Lears, your Coriolanus. Well, the thing is, there's a big gap. So my brother's yeah. got this t-shirt from the Globe, which uh-huh. says, too old for Hamlet, too young for Lear. <laughs> so you can be like... It could be like yeah. Hamlet and Romeo and right. all the young, you know, like Puck and yeah, um, all the young ones from, from there's loads of young people in um, Midsummer Night's Dream. Right, but there aren't enough middle-aged And then you've got a couple leads. of middle-aged ones because you can play Macbeth middle-age. Sure, And you can seen. play, yeah, and you can play a couple of, you know, you can play a couple Julius of people Caesar? from Hamlet. You could play um, Mercutio. Yep. And then uh, you've got yeah. Lear right down the other end of the scale so really there's a yeah. bit of a gap in the middle 
Who's his oldest lead? Is that called, is it, um... It's got to be King Lear. Or is it Titus Andronicus? King Lear is old. He's like 70. Yeah, you're right. He's old. He's like, because yeah. he's like, <laughs> the whole idea is he's like dying, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true, actually. He's trying to figure out the daughter. Yeah, that's probably the oldest lead. How can people find out about Katie? Oh, they can find out about me <laughs> on Twitter, at Katie uh-huh. Writes About. They can find out about me on my blog, which is also katiewritesabout.com. Nice. And they can listen to my other podcast, Have You Ever Heard Of?, which is a history podcast that comes out every single Monday. Fantastic. And um, what about you? You can stay here on Screen Mayhem and read some of my reviews. Um, or you, or other podcasts, or you can look at OGT Pod and uh, find out about all the one good things stuff. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Now, next up, we are into the eighties because it seems like people only ever make these at the beginning and the end of the decade. Yeah, they take there's no there's middle decade big, like, stuff anymore. Eight year gap in between. Um, yep, we're in the in the eighties, and even more distressingly, we're in Hungary. Um, as we shall be watching one of the formative films of challenging Hungarian filmmaker Bella Tarr. Wow. Is it now, in Hungarian? I assume it so. Is, it is in Hungarian, but with Shakespearean language. I just watched <laughs> the first few minutes um, just to check um, that wow. the copy was all right. How crazy is this going to be? Let me give you a preview. Male witches. Oh my God. I'm so what, excited. What else? Tune in next week to find out. Ah! Until then... Away and mock the time with fairest show. False faced must hide what the false heart doth know. Bye. Farewell.